0: Welcome to another Kundalini Conversation. My guest today is Jacob Reins, aka Jacob, from the internet. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, man. I'm very excited to talk to you again. Uh, I, I really enjoy our interactions, so I'm pumped to be here, man. Yeah, we recently had a conversation on your podcast, the Junkyard Love Podcast, and admittedly, I talked way more than you did, and so... My intention today is to give you a chance to speak because, uh, you know, during our conversation, it was, it was about my journey, but you had uh, sprinkled a little bit of uh, hints and clues about some of the things that you went through that sounded really exciting, you know, some Kundalini awakening experiences seems to have begun, um, I guess, in your in your mid-20s, about uh, six six years ago now. Um, but of course, as we were just talking uh, before uh, we started conversation, it seems like for many of us, we look back. And our our teens or even our childhood and we see there's spiritual phenomena spiritual experiences if not just spiritual interest w- was was clear uh very early on before we even knew you know what to call it so maybe we'll get into that today uh you and i i feel like uh we have got a lot in common um i see in the background there on your wall you've got the words turning pro of course uh that's uh uh, two very powerful words from one of my favorite authors and I would say probably my favorite book ever he's written The War of Art mm-hmm. and I take it it's it's really influenced you it's really influenced me as well like I said uh my favorite book ever and it's what got me started in doing this work and so I'd love to hear about your relationship with that type of work as an artist yourself a musician. Um, very creative person we have here. Everybody is Jacob, uh, spoken word artist, DJ. Uh, You've some, done some some visual art as well on your channel. There's some, some interesting videos and things on your Instagram and whatnot. And so we'll get into all of that. Um, so I'll stop talking here. And like I said, we're going to give you the floor. Take it away, Jacob. Tell us about your spiritual awakening journey. And from there, we'll tease out some of the, uh, the difficulties you faced, solutions you found, and any other interesting themes that come up. So how did it all begin for you? Hmm.
1: Um, well, I, I mean, we can kind of start with with the the War of Art, the Stephen Pressfield work. Uh, I feel like it kind of ties in. So, towards the beginning of when I started going through, you know, my spiritual awakening was through, like many suffering, right? Um, I just kind of like got got to the edge of who I thought myself to be. It wasn't working out. Um, I was dealing with massive anxiety, depression. Um, I was actually like. Um, there's ways in which I would describe myself as obsessive compulsive um, or just, you know, overly obsessed about things that really interest me. There's a way that I got kind of obsessed with like suicide and stuff, um, which sounds kind of icky and and strange, but um, I'll elaborate more. Um, The the war of art. So uh, amongst my healing, I started reading all these things and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and listening to lectures and Somewhere along the way, um, I heard about The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, and uh, it just kind of like seemed like a cool book. And uh, I think that I bought it. I think I bought a physical copy, but I could not get myself to sit down and read it. And I could not I couldn't sit still long enough to read it, but I knew I really wanted to read it. Um, So I ended up getting it on Audible, and I hit play in my driveway. I was like very determined. I was like, I want to read this book. I was very like um, kind of mean to myself at at this moment in my um, kind of healing journey. I I was like so mad that I couldn't sit down and read it. So I bought an Audible, and I'm a runner. I really like running, and so I was like, cool. I'm just going to hit play in my driveway, and I don't stop running until I finish this book. Um, So it was it was cool because like you don't even realize how how much that intertwines with the the themes of the book, you know, fighting resistance. If anybody else has ever read this book, it's uh you, you'll understand the correlations, but um yeah, so I read it and um it was dude, it was also so profound to me. It, it was really like putting words on this thing that is is common amongst people who are artists, is common amongst creators, you know, we, we have this resistance and you know, our job is to is to accept the resistance and uh, get in contact with the muse you know, Um, and so it it just felt it felt very felt like I kind of won that battle, you know Stephen pressfield talks about how he uh, finally. uh, found himself like he wrote a little bit and then he was washing the dishes and he he was like whistling as he as he cleaned the dishes and then he kind of had this moment of realization like oh I just I just like did the work. You know like I'm, I'm at this this place of peace doing the dishes because i did my work that i'm supposed to be doing um and so for me as i was running and, and i finally finished the book and i was like man, oh i just did my work like i found a way to make it work for me personally like my version of of uh, creating and doing the work has just been done cool I, I did my work for the day i ran and i finished this book that i was determined to do it so um yeah that's the that's the 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 war of art um which turning pro thing on my wall is I think the second book in the the series of, of sorts with Stephen mm-hmm. second or third um, yeah and, and that's in and that's kind of just you know like we discussed before Brett was um, you know it's kind of like taking your taking your work serious like dude if you're an artist if you have these these thoughts and ideas you know it's clear that not everybody else does and so your your work is to take your work seriously and do what you got to do like sit down it's it's not like you write when you feel like writing it's you write because you made a schedule to sit down at 9am every day that that sort of thing um which is always is always kind of a struggle to be natural about your work as well as uh, be rigorous you know there, there's kind of a, a fine line between not forcing it not strangling the art by like I gotta sit down and finish this thing because people need to hear it and I need to change the world versus you know uh, just just doing what you must do um so i had you know you know we, we mentioned before we started recording that um you know th- a lot of the kundalini awakening stuff the awake spiritual awakening things are as we get through them a few years into them we start to realize that it's not really a one moment you know like i would say that my kundalini awakening happened when i was 26 27 but in retrospect, I see how my entire life has played into it, you know, I I had um, what I would consider um, and for a long time, I would consider myself a complete victim of these things. But I had a just a tough childhood, man, I just um, essentially my father got addicted to like really hard drugs when I was like eight or nine, and it completely crumbled our family structure. I have some older sisters um, in, you know. Long story short, I ended up kind of like raising myself in a lot of ways from those years. And so just like the way that I that I had experienced the world was like, oh, dude, none of these adults are taking care of me. I got to take care of myself. And so the way that I learned to kind of interface with the world, interface with my life was um, um, it, it really worked for me. And it really is what I needed to do as a young kid and a teen. Um, but as you get older, you realize that the armor you created when you were younger doesn't serve you going forward. Um, and so the the structures that I had created to kind of like, you know, let's say spiritually bypass from from learning from my trauma, you know, um, uh, they did work for me. And, and you know, I w- I was successful in certain areas of my life. But as I got older, you know, these things, uh, like like this pain of this little kid who's still hurting inside me starts beating on the walls from the inside, you know, and. uh And yeah, so so essentially when I was when I was twenty six, my kundalini waking was kind of like the structure of the person that I had built just didn't like he didn't work anymore. Like it just was not working for me the way that I thought the things I thought about um, the way that I treated myself internally was just. um it wasn't a long-term game for me. Um, and so I think that, I don't know, I, I don't want to, I, I was actually debating on, on whether I would I would explain this part. There was kind of a moment where, I th- in retrospect, I can kind of see that it was almost like the opening moment in, in some senses, um, but I actually, so I'm a DJ. I've been a DJ since I was 20, I think um and just inevitably with the world of djing and clubs and and in bars and staying up late and those sorts of things um you know like partying and drug use and all this stuff was was part of my journey um and i wasn't like really super deep into it i was kind of a guy who would like play a little bit along i'd have a couple beers sort of sort of thing you know i've, I've been drunk plenty of times of course but um the uh co- cocaine came into the world and uh that kind of like that really like exacerbated my like self worth problems inside and it it would just turn into me like trying to get high to shut up this internal voice, you know, to try to this extreme form of escapism. Um, And I, I had a I had this night, I was in a long term relationship, I had this night where we were out at the bar and I was I was cool guy, Jake. Everybody knows me. I play at this bar all the time. The bartenders like ignore the person in front of them and get my drink. You know, this this like ego. Yeah, man, I'm popular here. I'm cool. This is like I'm I'm the jock in high school. This is this is my vibe here. Um, And, uh, you know, people had bought me shots. And so essentially I was like a little too tipsy. And I got behind the wheel um, of, of my car and I had my girlfriend next to me. And I reached into my wallet and I pulled out this bag of Coke. And I did a key bump. And uh, it was interesting because it's like, as soon as I did that, like, I don't know if I, you know, punched my, my prefrontal cortex in the face or something with this, but it was like I had this out of body experience when I did this bump of, of cocaine. And it was suddenly like I was aware of what I was doing and who I was and my story. And like, I was a, this out of body, kind of like uh, my higher self or something going, dude, what are you doing? And it was this really loud, like I was like sitting there, I was like looking at my girlfriend going, what am I? I'm like drinking and then doing blow so I could feel a little bit more sober so I could drive home. You know, what, what is this? What, why would I do this? Um, and so I, I think th- like that seemed to be a lot of the start of my just extreme internal self-reflection. Like I had my friend come over afterwards and we were like drinking and doing more blow that night, but the whole time I'm just like massively aware I'm like miles away from from being present. Um and it I don't know, it it's just like I became extremely aware of what I was doing and my influences on other people and uh you know, like even driving behind, you know, if you're driving a car and you've got a car full of people or a car full of people you love, you're responsible for those people. You know, if you're if you're drinking and driving, you got other people in the car, like that's your responsibility if they're hurt. And uh, that sort of voice just came incredibly loud. And so um, I think that, I don't know, it kind of turned on this awareness that I wasn't aware of, you know, I was saying saying a little bit ago that I was kind of obsessed with like suicide and like, um, uh, if, if you have, have you heard of the 27 Club in the world of yeah. like artistry, mm-hmm. and, you know, Kurt Cobain and these artists, you know, they, um, it's like, man, if my, nobody's really going to listen to my work unless I'm dead, you know, they'll appreciate me, appreciate me when my, when I'm gone, you know, and it's this, um, it's this weird, like toxic, selfish. Um, uh, you're just so unaware of of who you are and, and what you bring to other people. Um, and so I, I guess I kind of just became massively aware that I was obsessed with those sorts of things. Like I was like, oh, I just had kind of accepted oh, I'll be in the twenty seven club like, oh, I guess like th- this is the year that I'll probably take my life or next year I'll, I'll probably take my life. And uh, I started becoming aware of how crazy that was. Like what am I? You know, I, I'm I'm fantasizing about these things. I'm obsessing about uh, how cool it's going to be when I'm dead. You know, like what? What? That's so crazy. You know. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I think it just kind of started this extreme self-help obsession. Like I really just could not shut off the fact that like the who I was was not going to work out for me. And that was a legitimate problem. The person that I had created was not going to be able to continue to go forward. Um And, and I should I should pay attention to that, you know, like I shouldn't just be accepting, oh, this guy's going to kill himself and that's me. Um And so, yeah, I mean, I continued to. I continued to DJ um, I was still kind of like in that world, um, I just like slowly started stop drinking. Um, I just less and less drinking. Um, I stopped partying a lot like I would stop doing coke. I just didn't really have any urge to do it like I, I didn't really want to do it. I had done it a couple of times after that. But uh, for the most part, I didn't want to do it I actually started smoking a lot of weed just because I was like, uh, I had a bunch of sleep issues. I was on antidepressants at this time. Um, I just uh, I, I was I wasn't being being a good person. And so I had all this internal just noise, man. I was just so many layers buried deep beneath this like cool guy, you know. Um, And so it's like my like my structures were breaking, but there was something that happened that seemed to notice it and take it seriously. Suddenly of dude, nobody's going to save you, but you sort of thing. so I, I guess over the last over the the coming years after that, um, I just got massively more obsessed with self-help, personal growth. Um, I always really liked these things. Like I said, I would kind of been on my own since I was younger. So the things that I had learned about the world were, uh, you know, in a way by my own hand, like when I was you know, 16, 17, I was I was the personal development section in the library was my favorite. You know, I loved all those things, but it was almost like I was blind to um, uh, to a lot of other very obvious stuff. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time at home. I would just listen to podcasts and I would listen to YouTube lectures. And uh, I stumbled into like all these people who would present the world and present subjects and, and present their opinions on the world in ways that I'd never heard anybody speak before. You know, there's um, there's this group of people, uh, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek thing, but they were deemed the intellectual dark web. Have you heard of this? It's uh, Sam Harris no. Joe Rogan oh okay yeah so, Yeah, yeah so, so so it's this world of these of these guys and they kind of like accidentally named themselves and it's like I said a little bit tongue-in-cheek but um Sam Harris uh, Joe Rogan Brett Weinstein Eric Weinstein um, and just kind of like everyone in their vicinity they're like uh public intellectuals let's say and uh man my YouTube my YouTube algorithm was just feeding me that stuff that I was listening to it. I mean I get to the point where I was um, uh, somehow I was lucky enough to to have like extended periods of time off of work, uh, where I maybe do like one gig a week or I would have like a couple months where I wasn't working, I was just in a position to where um, I could spend a lot of time listening to these different uh, perceptions of reality and di- different views on on things that I either hadn't thought of before or I thought I knew a lot about, but I hadn't really sat and thought about it much. You know, I, I would at that time, I would consider myself. Uh, uh, just to use a, a, steal a phrase from a friend of mine, uh, Reed, uh, he says, self diagnosed, self diagnosed agnostic, he says, um, and I would consider myself that. I'm, I'm like, or, or an atheist or something. I'm like, okay, y'all, y'all are weird. Like, you really think that there's a, a magic man in the sky with, with a beard and, and whatnot? Like, that was my very simple understanding of it. But I would listen to, 12 to 14 hours of YouTube a day in, in audio books and lectures. And I started like buying my own books. I was um, after a while that I, when I was able to actually read them, sit down and read them. Um, and it started making me think about the world a lot differently. Um, of course, I was smoking, smoking a lot of weed. I mean, and, and I. I know that I don't know if you you dealt with this um, or, or if you think about it this way, it seems like when I mentioned smoking weed and like how intertwined this is, it almost feels a little disregarding to to the complexity of the of the story. It's like, oh, dude, like, are you sure you weren't just super stoned all the time? Right. it's in some ways, yes. You know, in some ways, that was uh, a way for me to actually allow these things in and kind of penetrate the, you know, the person I thought myself to be. Um, but and it would help me kind of like sit and expand uh, on these ideas. Um, so I would just, I would listen to, listen to lectures. Um, and then I think inevitably we stumble into meditation, right? You know, like if you're trying to heal, if you have anxiety, depression, like, well, have you tried meditation? And there's these meditation apps and there's all this, all this stuff, this whole world of self-help. Um, and it brought me into meditation, but the way that I work is, uh, I'm like very extreme about things. You know, like I said, like I get, I get overly obsessed with stuff and, um, you know, like the way I read that that book for the first time was cool. I'm not going to stop running until I finish this book. And so that kind of turned into my mindfulness and meditation journey. I became super ex- obsessed and extreme about to where um, I'm listening to these lectures and it's like the second this lecture is over or this this YouTube video or this podcast or whatever, OK, cool time to go meditate and I would meditate for hours and hours a day. And I was learning about meditation, I was learning about um, the self, and I was doing you know Vipassana, and I was doing uh, all these various different kinds. I started doing a ton of yoga. Um, I just started i mean, it was it's like extreme mindfulness, you know, I was in this perception of being aware of who I was and what my actions were and how i how I react and what I am in this world and what it means to be a part of infinity itself. and I'm just I was in that realm, just hardcore, just. That's so all I would think about. So I would talk about uh, my poor girlfriend at the time, dude. Like, I, I would. It's funny because I would think that she was understanding because I'm so obsessed with what I'm thinking about at this time. Of course, I would think she was understanding what I'm talking about. And then after a while, she would start to say, "I don't know what you're saying. I don't know mm-hmm. what you're like. What What are you What are you talking about?" Which um, was actually kind of like painful. Painful in the moment because I suddenly realized, "Oh, dude, I am." you know, I'm detached from reality. And right. the reality that I'm obsessing about and thinking about is completely distant from this person. Um, so I, I guess, I guess I just got, I was able to, so over the course of the season, I, I think that my like Kundalini awakening was from intense pushing like this extremely you know i'm using this this phrase extreme mindfulness which sounds so dorky but it's kind of what it was it was just i kept pushing i was like i gotta heal i gotta get better like i I gotta figure this out and then it's like like why do i hate myself what is the self what is self you know like these things and i would just follow these strings of thoughts and just pulverize myself with them just think about nothing but it and just write about it and record videos of myself talking about it and just Uh, try to like research it and um so i i I had mentioned in our podcast together brent that i had this moment where um you know because with kundalini awakening we talk about it's something that you're really great on your channel about expressing that i love is uh it's not always this explosion of energy through the top of the head you know it's not always uh again i'll bring it up like you said uh, a snake coming out of your butt um it just made me laugh when you said that but um It's for me, I think kind of like, of course, like that night where I had done like a bump of cocaine kind of brought me this crazy awareness. But then I had a a a couple other few moments that I think that could be uh, very easily intertwined with what we can call Kundalini awakening. I had one where um, I was listening to this guy, Greg Um, Braden. He's uh, he's like friends with Joe Dispenza. Um, He's friends with this guy, Bruce Lipton, Um, and i had been listening to a lot of their work and he has he's a musician and so like a lot of stuff that he, he talks about describes i really resonated with and he had this um, brain heart coherence meditation that i would do all the time And it plays this certain frequency you know it's like this 10 minute long video or something i found on youtube and i would listened to it plenty of times before but um it's kind of like my way of getting centered and um i would listen to it and he kind of guides you through this meditation and it plays this certain frequency and uh and it, it, it was the end of the night. My, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we had this place together. We had a, a house together and uh, she was out of town for a few days. And so I was kind of already in this mindset of like, oh, I'm going ham. Like, you know, I don't have to I don't have to be grounded and talk to my girlfriend about her her day at work. This sounds so selfish. No, I'm saying it loud, but um, it's like I can just go ham on this 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 mindfulness stuff, this this um, exploration of the self stuff. And so I was in that mindset already. Like I was going ham. I was doing a ton of breath work. I was doing a ton of yoga that day. Um, I had meditated for many hours in that morning, or you know, I knew at least an hour, in um, listening to this brain heart co- coherence. And I think that I was actually sent, I was typing out, a sending a text to my girlfriend, kind of about what I was what I was experiencing. It was probably like this complete nonsensical, um, you know, like something that she probably didn't understand what I was talking about, but it was it felt important to me. And something about me typing it as I was listening to this thing made it very real, made it very um, like it jumped from the world of YouTube into my lived reality. And I had this. Uh, have you ever seen the show Jimmy Neutron? It's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he has this thing, called Brain Blast. And he gets this idea and he's a like, brain blast. And they show this visualization of uh, like the idea going through all his like neural pathways. And it like makes these connections and these ideas light up and different parts of his brain light up. And it was kind of like that. Like I experienced something like a brain blast. It sounds so, so funny to say a lot. Um, but, but what happened is like my, my mind connected to my heart. And I don't know how, how to explain that. Like I visualized like this thing, this something like dropping down into my heart and then they were suddenly connected. And then I felt just like a crazy surge of energy. Um, And then, dude, honestly, like the next three days were crazy. I, I was in this state. Um, and I think that you've described it before where I was like stuck in my body. I, I was, I was... I felt so, so. Right now, as we're talking, you know, I, I'm not thinking about breathing. I'm not pumping my organs. I'm not pumping my lungs. But it felt like I was suddenly responsible for all those things. It felt like I was, like, if I didn't think about breathing, I would stop breathing or something. Um, and there's a way where I knew that wasn't true, but it was. I couldn't stop looping about this. I was inside my body. Um, within an hour, I actually like literally had nine one one up on my phone. Just trying to go, do I need like, am I okay? You know, what on earth is going on? Um, well, my air conditioning just turned on. Is that, is that incredibly loud? Oh,
0: no, no, it's all good.
1: Okay. Um, if it gets too loud or annoying, I can totally turn it off. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I became just ultra stuck in my body for whatever that means. And it was funny because I, um, I didn't know what I had done. I was like, oh, I messed up. I, I did something very, uh, very strange here. Um, I was Googling how to shut my third eye. Um, th- that tells you the, the information of, of how I knew of what I was really doing. I was just pushing. Um, excuse me, Brett, hang on. Let me turn off my, my air conditioning really quick. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, for sure. No problem. It's just so loud and I don't want it to uh, to harm the recording. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I was just in this state of like being stuck in my body and I, I was home alone and I was just in, in this complete state of fear. Um, and, and I think that, that when that happened, it kind of made me, again, like this other realization of, whoa, I'm going hard on this. I'm going crazy intense on this sort of stuff. Um and uh, in, in so, you know, then I'm looking for, for grounding and I'm looking for like, what is going on? I posted on Reddit. Um, uh, I don't remember what subreddit it was, maybe like spirituality or something basically like, yo, I, I think I messed up. Can anybody help? Uh, I've been listening to all these sound frequencies and, uh, you know, people were sweet enough to suggest some stuff to to help me get a bit more grounded. But um, so I that was certainly a moment. Um, the brain heart coherence thing was definitely something that now I think I would correlate to something to do with Kundalini, like I was moving the energies throughout my body, like suddenly surged. Um, and then I had to kind of like, it took me a while to kind of sit with that. Like, I don't know that I fully snapped out of the being stuck inside my body thing. Like, I think it kind of slowly integrated in, in a strange way um, in in yoga and breath work and that sort of thing, of, of course, helps. But um, um, and then I had a. Um, I don't know the exact linear time for all this stuff. It's kind of a blur, actually. But um, I also had a moment where uh, I was doing a hypnosis, like a self-love guided hypnosis. I got like kind of obsessed with hypnosis for a little while, um, and I, I was, I was experiencing extreme bliss for certain. Um, I, I was already in this very blissed-out state, but then suddenly I became the color purple and experienced being the color purple. Um, And I don't know how to explain that. Like I just, it was, I was both liquid and smoke in the color purple. And it was like this crazy blissed out state. And um, I think in like after that, I think I had a few weeks of being just light-footed as heck. Like I was just blissed out for a while after that. Um, I also had a moment where I did a, uh, it's not like a past regression, but it's like a, I was following some guided meditation. Uh, I was doing a... Uh, like some sort of like, what is it like child healing, you know, like in, in healing your, your internal child. Um, and I had this, essentially, I was, um, I think I was just to add to the visualization, I think I was doing breath work and yoga naked in my basement all that day. Um, it's hilarious to share these things, because it just seems so insane now. But I was doing this like childhood thing, following the meditation. um, And I actually saw my younger self, like I saw my teenage self, you know, I had mentioned before I had kind of built up this tough, like this is who I need. um, You know, and and then I suddenly like in my basement, um, it's not that I like really thought physical young person walked into my basement or anything, but I saw my younger self, I hugged him, I cried and I said, you did great, man. I got it from here. And it was like this, you know, another explosion of just healing. Um, and then I, I, I still don't know what to make about this part because um, I was listening to a lot of frequencies and stuff. I saw the um, in Hinduism is it Ganesh with the many arms?
0: Uh, it- many, many of them have many arms. I think. Uh, oh. Ganesh is the uh, the elephant uh, elephant faced. Yeah. Um, is, is is Ganesh? Is it a, a female? Uh, uh, or is there Ganesh? I think I think Ganesh exactly. is male. Um, female. There's there's many actually. Um, I'm not too familiar with all of them myself. There's uh there's countless Lakshmi, okay. Kali. Kali has many arms. She's kind of fierce. That's a a common depiction for Kundalini, the divine feminine. But they all are actually all the feminine mm-hmm. ones are for sure.
1: Okay, yeah, because it could, it was it was certainly had a feminine energy, um, and it had many arms. In a uh, you know, you know, I say this, I know I sound like a a, a bit daft, but um, no, so I they... didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know any of these people. I didn't grow up with a religious or spiritual or, or any of that. You know, I I almost kind of like made fun of that sort of stuff in a way, yeah. like um, not. Not in like a mean bullying way, but kind of just in like a all right, y- y'all are like whatever you want to do, but y'all are crazy about that weird religious spiritual stuff, you know. That's just yeah. kind of like my perception of what God was. But um, so yeah, after I like hugged my younger self, said thank you, I've got it from here. Then there was this moment of of uh, experience the, the many arm God, and it was this feminine thing, and again that put me on another. I, I would say like probably a couple weeks, if not a week, um, of just blissed out you know it's like i had cleared this very big blockage or something I know that's kind of a a bit of a strange term when it comes to like chakras and block chakras and stuff but um um yeah and so uh let's say like those four experiences were kind of my now that in retrospect they had something to do with the energy centers in my body um i would say i would say those were moments where my kundalini was um uh, uh, working through me they put me in an intense blissed out stage afterwards um which was uh, so wonderful in so many ways, and uh, but also because I wasn't grounded at all. I mean, I was not trying to be grounded. Like, you know, I was doing yoga and breath work and stuff, and I was walking barefoot outside, and I was doing a lot of running and working out and that sort of stuff. Um, but just, you know, I, I would talk to my old friends, or I would have, like, uh, musicians or artists come over, and just looking back like the the way that I was communicating with them was just very disconnected I was really kind of like in this state of psychosis I was just a bit nutty you know and they love me and so they accepted like you're going through what you're going through and you know if I know anything about Jake he's got this under control Um, so there there was a lot of that but in retrospect I see how kind of um, just intense I was you know with all my relationships and, and, and talking to people so I mean, I, I would love to uh, to pause my rambling there um, uh, and, and see if you have any, any
0: questions uh, for, for me from there, Brent. Wow. Uh, so many common themes uh, uh, between my own journey and that I see across the board for many others as well. Um, thank you for sharing. I, I just had a conversation with James Dearden Bush and he described something very similar to what you experienced. Um, you know, when you were uh, behind the wheel, about to, you know, do some cocaine. He described that he, as a result of his awakening, had experienced um, an expanded state of awareness that um, was unaffected by him drinking. So he got drunk at some point later, and there was part of him that wasn't drunk. But that was aware that he he was drunk. Sounds like the same, uh, state of consciousness or same uh, aspect of your consciousness that you had accessed, which could look from almost like an impartial place and say, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, even though you're under the influence and whatnot, and that seems to be um, I've experienced it myself as well. Uh, it seems to be pretty uh common with those that experience a sort of uh what we would call a top down awakening or a crown awakening and like you said earlier you know Kundalini doesn't have to rise from the base upward in sort of explosion it can happen in many different ways and and for me as well my my initial awakening was of a very similar flavor to yours where i had recognized well, i'm not my mind i can i can observe my mind and so i'm the observer and that blasted me open um uh and uh, that was a major trigger point of my, my awakening. Just like you. Fascinating stuff there. Um, yeah, the uh, the healing stuff also super common, right? Uh, super common stuff with the, the inner child and whatnot. But even though, I mean, it's super common amongst those going through this process. I'll put it that way, but uh, not that common in general. Um, yeah, fascinating. Um, why don't you keep going with your story? So, so you're ungrounded or generally speaking, or you were describing some periods where you're ungrounded Uh, myself as well. I mean, I can look back and kind of cringe at the way that I was, uh, for sure. Trying to describe my experiences or trying to, because it was so novel and exciting. I just wanted other people to experience this with me. And I thought, you know, I, I have to show them what I was going through. They can heal the inner child too. Right. You know, and, and, uh, of course, you. Being young, especially, uh, I I know uh, you know you are young as well. I guess you know we are still relatively young. Some older people might think we we, uh, we still don't uh, have a clue what's going on. But um, you know it's exciting and, and it's good that at least you had some friends that said, hey, you know Jake, uh, Jake's got it under control. Whatever he's going through, he'll go through it. He'll, he'll be okay. I mean, not everybody has that. Some people, you know, their their uh, circle will say you need to uh, be. You put in a straitjacket. and mm-hmm. it happens to many people. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what happens following these periods of intense awakening and healing, and, and I guess we call energetic instability. Um, where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, um, man, it's so interesting. It's a because it's like almost still going on in a way it's almost like still um you know my um you know not not like the the turmoil and the confusion and the um the non-grounded nature of of exploring these things but uh i mean i think since then dude i'm just so again like i said i've always been really i've really been interested in kind of the, the realms of psychology since i was young um kind of the realms of uh you know, having a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset, you know, I said, I really liked the self-help section when I was younger. I always loved that sort of stuff. But uh, now it's like, I'm just massively, uh, I don't want to use the word obsessed, like a, as if I've, you know, cured myself of being obsessive about things, but I'm just, it's, it's like so much of what I think about is identity and self and uh, personhood and, uh uh, psychology, anthropology, uh, uh, philosophy. I mean, I, I um, you know, in a lot of my artistry work, and a lot of my poetry work, I kind of, uh, this, this sounds a bit self-grandiose, but I, I kind of like to consider myself a philosopher and not a philosopher who, um, you know, I don't have a degree. I, did, I didn't go to college for any of this sort of stuff, but, um, you know, not a philosopher that studies all the great philosophers and could tell you everything that Freud tells you uh, like, I, I like the practice of philosophy itself. Like, how do you philosophize your life? How do you, you know, what, just the philosophy of self, you know, um, just like super, uh, sure obsessed with, with those sorts of things. And so I've kind of remained in that realm, you know, I, I, I consume a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of, um, audio books, consume a lot of books, uh, in just, I contemplate a lot. I do a lot of meditation still, um, it's it's a bit more grounded. Um, it's not like the only thing I think about. I don't go into every single interaction in my regular life and try to get people to think about it. Um, what's actually very cool, I will say, is um, I, I show up and I I play the game. You know, you know, Ramdas has this way of saying, um, uh, uh, you know, you're 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 in school why don't you take the curriculum you know um uh, he had a, a disembodied being tell him that and basically that's like um you know before enlightenment chop would carry water after enlightenment chop would carry water and it's this uh you can't go into everyday life like i still got to pay bills i still got to work um in most people don't think about this stuff at all you know i would say i don't know what 98% of people, 95% of people or something aren't in this realm. So if you go to work and you're just trying to like talk about spiritual enlightenment or um, like, hey, man, you know, you don't really exist, right? You're like yeah. what you know it, it it makes you feel more disconnected from people and so um a lot of the last few years have been almost like my integration back into the into the world of uh of just just being with other people and and loving people for exactly who they are not who i who i wish they could be and if they could just see infinity like i see then they would really understand and they could heal all their childhood trauma like you said and um uh, so w- where i'm at now um I mean I mean I'll say that in a lot of ways my life kind of did fall apart after all of that um and, and I hate to say that and like freak anybody out who's going through um in in any any sort of uh, their their journey right now and and just uh, um, you know b- bear with me on on this story here but the um, I was in a relationship we were together for 10 years um, thought we were gonna have kids and get married and those sorts of things we kind of just decided like it was this weird, like disassociative state, but we kind of just suddenly decided that um, like the, that isn't the route that we're going to go and we're going to split up. And so that was just like before I knew it, I'm packing my stuff and I'm like, what the hell? What is going on? And then we would have conversations and we're, we're breaking up at the dinner table. It was very very civil, you know. Uh, this woman is is, is so wonderful. We, we had, you know, for all of our lack of communication, we had some wonderful communication as well. Um, in retrospect, these were, you know, really such a gift of ten years with this person. Like we had just an incredible relationship, such a fun time. Um, but it it was more of it was almost like this thing was working through me, and I'm like saying these things out loud, and almost again observing myself saying them. Like, is this really what I want? Like, it, but it was is almost like I was noticing that I was following my intuition in a very real way. Like what needed to happen in that moment was this breakup, was this Okay, it's time for something new in my life. Like it's time for the next chapter. Um, but I also was aware of my like I, I don't want to leave this person. This is safe. I I like this person. I like this here. My life is cool here. Uh, but there was also just this awareness that this isn't this isn't for me anymore. You know, I've grown out of this um, in a uh, you know and not in a, a better like I'm, I'm I'm higher than you, um, but just in a I'm no longer in alignment with this. Mm-hmm. And so in order to follow my intuition for it, in order to follow my gut, and this this needs to happen. Um, and it was weird. So I'm living in Austin, Texas now. Um, I was living in Washington State then. Um, this was during the pandemic and uh, my work where I make my money um, has been as a DJ and audio engineer. Um, I have an audio engineering degree, um, which is actually kind of like a funny degree. Nobody really respects it. It's like this dorky like it's almost an embarrassing thing to say.
0: Yeah, um, I've got I've got an anthropology degree. Yeah. People, people think it's uh, it's archaeology and I don't even correct them anymore. <laughs> dude
1: that's so funny you mentioned that i just talked to somebody yesterday who who confused the who, who conflated those two and i just yeah. okay that's you're going to find fossils um <laughs> uh yeah but um um and so so i, I wasn't working um and so I, I was at this place where um i was still i was still pretty out of it in some senses like during the breakup um there was still like i would have days of, of um, you know bouts of, of depression where i was just you know feeling so sorry for myself and um it was just really hard for me to stay focused um you know i would still i'd still wake up every morning and you know listen to ram Dass and do my meditation and yoga and breath work and all these sorts of things but i was still just like it was like i was doing those things just to survive through my day you know i was going through a lot of turmoil this breakup was really tough on me um, but yeah for for whatever reason as we're sitting there at the dinner table uh, with with my ex-girlfriend I, I was like well i have to move I have to move. And it was, when I, it was like, I was hearing myself say it, go, why, what, what are you talking about? Um, and I was, I was like, I, well, I, I need to move. You know, I had never moved out of that town my whole life, but for whatever reason, I just had this extreme, um, intuitive thing that I needed to move. And then I ended up going, going, uh, live, living with a friend for a few months and he basically pulled me aside. He's just such a wonderful guy, but, uh, He basically said, look, me and my wife, his his wife, we're going to move within the next year. Why don't you come live with us? We'll just charge you, you know, we'll be chill on the rent, Um, get you back on your feet and just wherever we move, why don't you come along? And I was like, all right, bet. And, uh, you know, so we landed in Austin, Texas, which uh, from a creative standpoint, you know, um uh, you know artistry and, and all these other things i had followed a lot of people who had moved to austin um i was uh, i was really drawn by like the artistry and the music scene and stuff so it, it was cool so that's that's where i've landed now is in austin um it's been really fun um but uh, i guess, i guess i'll i mean I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit i had already started my podcast um i'm at like 100 episodes now but um my podcast was kind of like trying to help people go through the same thing as me at the beginning you know uh, I, I would say a lot of my earlier episodes are i mean they're cringe. They're, they're still they're still available but i was still learning how to talk to people i was still learning how to listen i was still learning how to meet people where they're at and not like force them into the corners of you're on my show we're going to talk about this you know that like uh, there's this there's just there's, there's this balance of, of sorts you know with these conversations um and so i started interviewing and talking to a lot of my friends and um Uh, people in the community and people that I looked up to and I had a podcast studio at that time in my basement at the house that we had um, so I could have them come over and it was just this such cool thing you know they would come over and um, we'd go for a walk or we would you know uh, you know smoke a bowl and hang out in the backyard for a couple hours before the podcast and it was just this very very cool experience Um, but but I had started it the concept junkyard love is the name is um I had realized that when i was listening to these people on youtube and online and audiobooks and these sorts of things that um they would unknowingly say something that would completely shift my reality you know two hours and 15 minutes into a podcast of two comedians just BSing, they would say one thing one sentence in such a certain way that i would be primed to for whatever reason that that i would like pause the podcast and just go whoa you know i would almost watch my reality shift and i would allow that to enter through me and go oh I haven't thought about life like that. I haven't challenged my ideas like that. You know, um, and so the concept is is sort of, it might be gibberish, you know, your, your story might not seem important, but when you share it, it might be really important to somebody else. You know, the a uh, the example I use is, you know, a, a 90, 1996 Buick LeSabre, a passenger side mirror is completely worthless to somebody who doesn't have a 1996 Buick LeSabre with a missing passenger side mirror, you know? Um, and so that was just kind of the thing is like, your story is very important and there's something that you could say about just communicating your truth that could be profound to someone. It could, it could change their whole life, you know? And so so share, you know, share where you're at and don't, um, uh, you know, and, and you've, you've mentioned this in your videos too, is, is don't wait till you think you're ready. A lot of the times, you know, like make it messy if it's messy. If you stumble over and you say, like, or you, uh, you know, you, you, you don't know exactly how to explain your story, but you kind of stumble through it. Cool. That's what it is right there. That, that That's OK. Um, so I started the podcast. Um, I started at that time. I'd already been a DJ, you know, say this is around, you know, twenty seven, twenty eight. I'd already been DJ since I was like 19, 20. Um, and I hadn't made a ton of my own stuff. So so being a DJ is, you um, a lot of times you're playing, you're not really representing, you know, you're playing other people's music, you're mixing and mashing, you're looking around the room and you're seeing what that room would want. You're being a tastemaker. You're on top of the current music. You anticipate people's needs before they anticipate it. You know, what's popular, you know, um, you know, the, the, the right, the hottest song in the world right now, if you play it at, you know, 10 21 it might suck but if you play it at 11 38 p.m it might be you might change the entire room you know and so i was just very um i was on the pulse there's a lot of ways that i was certainly an artist as a dj um, and i would create these hour-long sets and i just wanted like uh, my, my dj name at the time was chronos dj Kronos, who's the greek titan of time and that was kind of born of you know, I had experiences in crowds at music festivals and stuff where time itself would would skip or stop. Or, um, you know, I, I think a good artist can make you, like, you know, snap out of time in in, in a sense. You know, it's a uh, uh, could take you to a, to a place. Um, and and so I, I was really obsessed with that sort of thing. So my artistry as a DJ um, was kind of I think it's different than my artistry now. You know, over, over in the in the last. Um, when I started my, my Kudalini Awakening healing journey, I just kind of naturally started outputting a lot of my own writing and my own um, spoken word. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've written and, and wrote that I'm like, I don't know who wrote that, but they used my body. You know, it's this is like the muse worked through me. I seem to have put myself in the right position and threw out a couple of nets. And, you know, I I caught some jellyfish or something, you know, and, and I gave it gave them to the world. So um I started kind of leaning a little bit farther away from DJing, um, being being less in bars and clubs and these sorts of things. I was super sensitive to um, being in, being in bars and clubs late at night. Um, you, you know, you know, we use the term "spirits" for alcohol. Uh, I think that you've discussed this as well. In, in and re- oh, I think you did it actually with your recent podcast when he was talking about alcohol. Um, I just became ultra sensitive to those things. And so I kind of had this I need to keep my artistry. You know, I have this need to to express myself. I have this something I, you know, something inside me wants to communicate or, or communicate through me. Started doing more spoken word. Um, I've always been a fan of a fan of hip hop and those sorts of things. So uh, I think there's like an innately. I I would hate to call myself a rapper. I just I think that sounds so so weird, but um, I, I I do like I write a lot of rap. Um, but uh, there, there's kind of like a spiritual
0: uh, tendency to a lot of what I write, if, if you listen to it. Um, and the so, links yeah, for man, that, uh, I just want to invite our audience to uh, to check out your Instagram. The links will be in the description, uh, but we'll keep going. Sorry to cut you off. I had to, no, I had to no, throw no, that th- plug in there. <laughs> I, I thank you. Yeah. And I feel like actually probably, probably Instagram is my best. You know,
1: I have some songs on Spotify. I'd like to call everything a demo um, because, you know, although although like I technically have an audio engineering degree, I won't just sit and spend time like trying to mix and master my stuff. Like for one, is a lot of it is beyond my skill level. You know, I I don't know everything about all this stuff, um, but I like just like I said, just throw it out a net and like cool, I caught something. Let's share it. You know, I like this lo-fi sort of um, you know. So I have some stuff on Spotify. It's it's uh it's like sound art. You know, it's there's this like kind of hip hop, but um, it's just kind of like a an expression of 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 the thought that I seem to have have caught. Um, but yeah, my Instagram has certainly been a. It's interesting, man, because we have these. And I don't know. You, I mean, maybe you experience this sorts of stuff too, Brent. Uh, you know, with Instagram and podcasting, is uh, you you kind of instantly get put into a, a bubble or a category. You know, it's like, oh, are you trying to be an influencer? You know, are you trying to, um, uh, like, are you trying to sell something? You know. Yeah. Um, but I've I've always tried to keep it. To, yeah, I always try to keep it to where it doesn't because that feels icky to me. You know, like I've never had advertisements on my podcast. I've never had um, uh, those sorts of things. So that feels like it's instantly trying to sneak like, oh, hey, look how spiritual I am. I'll help you, but also buy this thing that pays my bills. You know, there's 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 an integration that I think is is, you know, um, can be worked on, but uh, I just really wanted it to feel feel authentic. And so um, my, my Instagram is definitely that like I, I try to treat it as you know, an expressive outlet and not as I'm an, I want to be an influencer on Instagram or I want to um, achieve this thing. You know, I've, I've never tried to sell anything, any of that. So it, it's just been my creative outlet. I, I really think that, um, I think that if you can penetrate people in their day to day life, as we're all, you know, me for sure, I have my tendencies to just scroll kind of mindlessly. You know, it's something I'm always. I'm always struggling with sometimes i do it too much sometimes i'm on top of it um but there are times where i'm scrolling and somebody can say something or like i can get this spoken word or i can get this um clip from a podcast that just cool makes you suddenly realize that like you're looking at your phone and there's a background to your phone and you're in a room and it just kind of sends you out of your body in a sense and i always really wanted my work to do that I, I, in some ways i want my my artistry to be some sort of koan, ko, koan, you know, a Zen koan of, of um, I wanted to put you in a place that you weren't planning on going today, you know, Um, and again, just describing that sounds very self self grandiose. Uh, but that's kind of part of it, you know, that's a, a lot of my with the, the intertwining of my spirituality and my artistry is not denying my ego, not denying that, like, you know, not only you know nerves but um like like if i'm speaking to speak to people on a stage or i'm speaking to people uh you know okay i've got a couple hundred people listening to this podcast like that feels cool you know noticing that like noticing that you have like an ego side that you know for me like like i said i came from a background of djing where people know my name you know like people in my hometown know me as hey, what up chronos and like i don't know who they are you know and and there's a balance of um uh, for a while i tried to kill the ego i tried to reject it you know i tried to uh like you know i got to be next level humble and in, in 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 all these things but there's you know it seems your role as an artist um is is to behold the ego. Is to um, uh, I have this line: the ego doesn't like change nor grit, but loves to feel withhold. Um, and so, a, a lot of my a lot of my stuff is kind of a balance of of uh, working with the ego. You know, Ramdas would talk about uh, how on stage he would be completely aware that um, you know people love him; they see him as this is Ramdas. Oh, that's Ramdas, you know. But he's also just there to do. He's there to do his work. You know, parts of him are going to notice those things. There's parts of us that I think socially will um, uh, like those things, but we can't define ourselves by um, this pedestal that other people put us on in a sense. So, um, yeah, um, I guess that's kind of like I try to integrate my – I try to live my philosophy and my creativity and my artistry as naturally as I can. You know, I try to – you know, if I go for a walk and I have a thought coming to my head that I think is kind of cool or helpful or, or fun, I wanna share it, you know, but I'm not trying to share it to accomplish something. I'm not trying to share it to, um, uh, you know, gain more followers or, or um, uh, you know, tell everybody how cool I am. You know, it's, it's this, uh, I, I try to use social media as a, a, a genuine like tool for, communicating the inside of my mind in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's like active philosophy, you know, that's like actually practicing philosophy. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't don't know. I, I think sometimes, you know, as, as, as we're scrolling through when something real pops up, we note it as real, you know, there's all these people trying to sell stuff. There's all these advertisements, there's all these, um, you know, like, it's just obvious to us when when you've got a podcast like if i have a monster energy drink sitting right here and the logo is perfectly faced you know that's okay like a cool okay we get it you're sponsored by monster but there's just like this level of truth that we want to be about that sort of thing you know and i would hate for me having this monster logo sponsorship to deter or or change anything even 1% of, of how i'm going to communicate of the ideas that i catch and communicate um, so yeah it's it's just a uh, um I don't know, my, my social media presence is really like, a, it's almost like this, I'm massively aware, but it's almost like a second ego in a sense, right? It's like almost like this digital ego of representing ourselves, you know? And, and we talked about um, the beginning of your, you know, you, you were into, uh, is it photography or videography?
0: Oh, photography.
1: Photography, yeah. And And you notice that, you know, you have this photography page and you start talking about spiritual stuff on there and people are like, what? yeah what are you talking about dude uh and so uh, i've gone through that entirely that same thing of trying to find this balance of living through my truth of um yeah i want to be an artist but like i'm not creating this artist to get famous and get money and like uh you know so i can drive a fast car it's like know, I, I want to be honest about it. Every day I'm trying to live as an artist. I'm trying to be as a poet would be in my day-to-day life. I'm trying to show up as fully as I can um, and, and be aware that I have these different kind of aliases in a sense, but not lose myself into my alias to where I'm denying the truth of my being, you know, because I think that's so easy to do as, as an artist. Um, I think, you know, you know, I was talking about the 27 Club. We, we get so kind of obsessed with our image, like, oh, they'll They'll listen to me when I'm gone, you know, that sort of thing. And it's it could just be certainly uh, massively toxic, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that you maybe deal with some of the similar things of um, trying to balance, you know, your your personas in in a way. I don't know. Do you ever um, do you ever have any like debacle between who you show up as, you know, like who? Maybe your coworkers uh, know you as, or who um, I think you're doing some schooling. Like maybe who they know you as versus Brent Spirit. Um, do you ever feel any like
0: trip up between these kind of characters you've created at all? Yeah. So I think I've uh, it's taken a long time because uh, you know, like you like you described uh, in your own journey. It, it's it's an ongoing sort of dance and trying to figure it out. And I had my own issues. With working as an artist, a photographer, but then also having these like spiritual things that I wanted to express, and of course, um, you know, people that are interested in my photography are like, you know, what the hell is this guy talking about? And I think that came from a more ungrounded place as well, like we were describing earlier, that we you know we could both relate with, just you know that that feeling of having to like vomit out all this spiritual stuff. To who any whoever would listen, right? So now I I found peace by compartmentalizing my two um I guess you could say brands or identities. But in particular, I I think I've described this before. Brent's spirit is is a character. When I'm sitting here in this chair, that's Brent's spirit, and I I I want people to know that when I turn this off i'm not Brent's spirit i'm brent like i'm a normal guy like you know like uh eat junk food like you know Mm. have awkward conversations with people and think about it later go why did i say that or something you know like i'm a normal guy and i just i want to make that clear um at this point in in my brand or whatever or this journey i'm not too disclosing of my personal life um because i don't want it to be about me as much as it is about uh i love the way you describe the ideas that i'm catching and 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 presenting mm-hmm. um and not so much about me but i do recognize of course the validity of of the story in the background and so it's, it's a defined balance of 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 those two things but i i can totally relate and i know that many others can i think along the lines of what you're saying you know you're speaking as as a uh, as an artist that's not creating art as a means to an end, to become somebody or to sell something. It's, it's for, for the end in itself. Um, and I, I, as you were speaking, I remember this, this is a, it's a key concept in uh, Bhagavad Gita um, where Krishna says, you're entitled to the work. That's your reward is the work itself. But the fruits of your labor, that all belongs to God. So you don't work thinking, okay, you're going to get paid or something. You work so presently in the moment. And that is the reward of the gift itself, the creation itself. And paradoxically, Mm -hmm. I think those are the best artists. You know, they tend to do well at some point. They tend to have some impact. Um, But then I was also thinking as you were speaking that there are, I mean, back before social media, the idea of being a poet and becoming like world famous that was completely ludicrous. And so poets were poets because of poetry or, you know, artists were artists because that's what they had. That's what the muse wanted them to do. There was no Instagram to post it on. You know, these people maybe lived in a small little village with the same hundred people that saw their paintings and that was it. Um, and so the reward, I think, was the art itself. Not uh, you know the uh, the accolades that may come, may or may not come, and I think that's a key theme in Stephen Pressfield's work, like you were describing. Um, you know the, the the muse, uh, inspires you to create, and that feels so good in itself. And um, you know th- that seems to be uh, what I like to try and remind myself of because I can also get caught up in ideas of like. You know, I look at the like, oh, how many views did this video get, and and mm-hmm. how how does it compare to the last one? And then I remember, like, I, it's 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 completely out of my control. It's completely it something else. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Where whereas you know, if if you had a boss or you have a sponsorship that's like, hey, your viewership is down. Like, you don't want to lose your sponsorship, right? You know, it's a uh, it's kind of. You know, I think in any artist or any creator who is who's using their creative um, stuff to pay their bills, I think that's an easy thing to get caught in. Um, uh, luckily, I I have uh, my my work in live events is separated from a lot of this work as much as I try to keep it all kind of just like, um, you know, there's there's no secrets with me. There's no. Um, you know, like if somebody on on the job site like hey I, th- I found your social media what's this all about like i would love to tell them all about it you know but like right now i'm here you know oh y- you hired me to uh be a lighting tech today so that's who i am you know um uh but yeah I, I think uh i do find it i do find it very interesting like the the integration of uh being an artist and making sure everybody knows you're an artist or like uh being treated as an artist. You know, I think we see it with a lot of famous people sometimes. You know, we'll see videos or, or, or clips where um, you know, like it's it's kinda has this don't you know who I am flavor to it, which which is uh uh yeah, man, like uh I, I saw this video once, it was I think it was Jay-Z on a subway and he was talking to this old lady and she was like asking what he does. And he's like, Oh, I'm a rapper. And she's like, Oh, you know, and she, she's like, Oh, I don't remember exactly. Maybe she said like, my grandkids like rapper or something. And, um, basically she had never heard about Jay-Z. She doesn't know about Jay-Z, which, you know, to most of us is like, what, you don't know about, you know about Jay-Z. Uh, but dude, all he is to her in that moment is just a man on the subway and like, Oh, we're talking about work and. in, in Oh, you rap? That's pretty cool. Well, here's what I did in my life, you know? And, and I think we can get caught up in a version of, you know, like, what if Jay-Z was offended? Like, you don't know who I am, you know? And suddenly you can't you can't connect with this person, you know? So, um, yeah, the, yeah. there's this way where we want to take our artistry with us, um, you know, whether you have fame or not, but there is kind of this, um, like, trying to introduce it. Like, you're trying to control the narrative of who you are you're trying to control how people see you at all times and I think that like a lot of artists um, get get caught up in this you know and it's a uh, it's this it's the stance of the ego um, but but i I really like just trying to trying to be very natural and open and honest about that integration you know um, uh, I, I had this example yesterday so I think that even outside of people knowing me as an artist or if they've ever listened to any of my stuff or if they followed me or any of that, um, it's been pretty cool over the last couple of years just to, you know, I'm not trying to force any sort of spiritual talk on anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody, you know, if if they want to talk about the the family guy episode last night and I saw it, cool, I would love to talk about that. That sounds fun. Let's laugh together and and they don't have to know anything about me being spiritual. Um, but it's actually very cool when you relax that like need to like, you know. Hey, don't you want to don't you want to heal your childhood trauma? Uh, it seems inevitably people notice what subject areas uh, you seem to be, you know, wise or or intelligent about. So, yesterday I was on this gig. I actually um, it was I didn't even know it until I got to the gig, but it was a, a private event for the band One Republic down in San Antonio, and uh, I only know that because I didn't I didn't meet them or see them or anything. But uh, we're pushing in the cases, and I saw their their name on the thing. Um, but this younger guy, who uh, uh, through this company, I'm I'm a supervisor for for a lot of their shows, and uh, basically like I, I, there's there's a lot of roles where I'm I'm teaching um, younger guys, you know, like in their early 20s about the world and about what we do, and and uh, it's 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 really cool because I get to be kind of this. Uh, leadership role you know I, I really like being a leader when i can and so i'm not only teaching them about you know the correct wires for this and the this is how this runs and, and this is how we do this in this world but um also just by my my me being present and me being interested in the things that i'm interested in um they notice that i'm knowledgeable or or a person who who can give them you know maybe good advice or, or something on subject. so in, anyway last night this this younger guy that um, that, that I've worked with who kind of like asked me some inquisitive questions. I feel like he really listens when I talk. Um, so I try to take that serious. It seems like he actually does want to learn something from me. Um, uh, he was like, man, I'm so glad to see you. I mean, tell you, uh, I had sleep paralysis the other night. And then I fell back asleep and he starts talking about all this lucid dreaming stuff. And uh, it's, it's, it's so cool to me. He sees me as someone who is uh, knowledgeable and willing to speak about uh, uh, lucid dreaming and the dream world. And, and then so we kind of get into you know the whole gig. We're kind of talking about lucid dreaming and all these really interesting stuff. And um, he's inquisitive to me. Um, and I'm just talking about things that I'm generally interested in. He's asking me questions and I'm just telling him the truth. Like, oh, I read this book on this. And it seems like this thing sort of happened. So, um, it, uh, I, th- I think to round about what I'm trying to say is, is that when you just show up, uh, show up as who you are, rather than trying to run around with a microphone tell- or a megaphone telling everybody that you are this thing, I think that opportunities to be the expression of who you are and the things that you're interested in actually come about more often than you may think. Um, Uh, Well said. Well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that made sense. Um, But yeah, a lot of my life these days seems kind of like that. Like I just try to, you know, I'm not meditating so I can be an ultimate meditator and like teach everybody I meet about meditation. I meditate so I could be a true expression of who and what I am. And when other people stop by and and they happen to need that, then here I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just like this. Um, and, and I, yeah, I, I think you're get what I'm, what I'm trying to point out. There, there's this level of being an artist, of being a a poet, a creator, a content creator, an influencer where you're like, I'm this, don't you want to hear about it? I'm this, don't you want to hear about it? But it's like this this is actually it's all very spiritual. Being an artist is your work. It's only your work. And other people don't have don't have to give a crap about it. you know, is as great as it is to create something and have other people see it and have an audience. and and there is that that whole realm. and that's amazing. But there's also a way in which, got to be honest with yourself, man, if you're obsessive about this philosophy meditation stuff, then be obsessed about it. Like you don't have to run it, run around the streets and tell everybody about it. But I think that there's a reason why you, there's not only a reason for other people in your relationships in your life to, for you to um, pursue your interests in such ways, but there's also a, um, you, you'll begin to notice that when people are trying to come up for air, there you are, you know, mm. like you, you you have the answers you weren't talking about, you, you weren't planning on talking about those things that day, or you weren't reading this book so you could go on and tell everybody about the concepts in this book. Um, and, and if that's what you do, if you have a YouTube channel and that's what you do, like, that's cool, man. That's, you know, that's whatever. But I think there's this beautiful uh, intertwining with artistry, this like artistic spirituality of sorts that is you do your work and just trust that you are affecting the people around you you know right your right. audience is just people in the street your coworkers you know your family just the presence that you bring because you do your own work isn't about you walking into the room of your family and going you all need to meditate right now it's about as they're screaming at each other and you seem to be at peace like they can't ignore that you know like you they're they're gonna start asking questions in a sense, you know? Um, So yeah, it's just spirituality and artistry, it's very personal, man. It's very personal. As much as it's performed on the stage, as much as it's given to the world, as much as it's presented in this this sort of way, it's a deep personal work, you know? And it's almost your job is, you've you've spoken nicely about, um, uh, a lot of like Kundalini stuff is like spiritual puberty in a sense and, it's kind of kind of a lot of what it is. It's like this: your spirituality as an artist, I think, is a way of working on your maturity. Like you're you're maturing into what's trying to be communicated through you, and um, you know, getting obsessed with like how other people think about you, or or how you're presented, or um, uh, you know, where your work goes and, and all this sort of stuff kind of gets in the way of your, your own personal work. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of kind of round out there. But I think overall, just the intense personal nature of being an artist is very important. It's not about other people. It's not about it's not really about the artist. It's, it's a very um, it's your own maturity trying to trying to work through itself. And, and I think that, you know, there's ways that we can be untruthful to the art. If we're trying to strangle it,
0: if we're trying to hold
1: it, if we're trying to present it in a certain way, you know, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's very personal.
0: Right. I, I love the way you, 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 you say that it, it is very personal, spirituality, artistry. What's coming to me here is, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship with another person, your relationship between the two of you is also a personal thing that you don't necessarily present to the world. Whereas, you know, you may see some celebrities, uh, you know, whether it's staged or not, but you know, they like have a TV show that portrays their relationship to the world, and it's now a public affair. Whereas our relationship with our spirituality, our relationship with our artistry, our art is personal. It, it's um, and maybe some of it will leak out into the public here and there. But I, I like the way you're describing that, and and going back to the way that you're you're playing a sort of uh mentor. I don't know if that word feels right for you, but it sounds like that to me in terms of when you're at work and whatnot. Um, I was thinking of asking you whether you'd consider yourself a light worker, um, this idea of like, you know, somebody with with some sort of uh, spiritual intention, you know, doing doing works of service out in the world. Um, I'm interested to get your take on that, but it seems that, you know, you're you're living your spiritual awakening out in a very integrated way that um is necessary at this time what i've said before is that yeah i i mean i play this you know spiritual teacher and for the most part those are the people that we hear from who write books do videos whatever and others go through spiritual awakening and think well that must be the only job that's there for me now is to you know mm. start being a spiritual podcaster or something because we don't hear so much from people that are like yourself Working in, uh, you know, the entertainment industry uh, as a supervisor, supporting other people, uh, to do their work, and intertwined in there, you're throwing in some of the uh, the wisdom that you've gained along the way, and I think that's absolutely necessary to get this ascension going because we can't all go on retreats and leave our jobs and and start, you know, like like you did, you know, consuming hours and hours of content every day and meditating all the time. Some people. Their satsang is, uh, you know, on the job wiring up some lights and, and speakers and whatnot. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I'm curious to get your take on that. How does that feel for you? Maybe I'm way off. Would you consider yourself a light worker?
1: No, yeah, I, I really like how you pointed that out. I um, I don't think light worker is a term that I use, but obviously it's in my uh, uh, vicinity. You know, I hear it all the time, and I I like it. And I like the way you describe it. I think, um, yeah. Um, Even before my spiritual stuff, I've always been a bit of a chameleon. Um, I can kind of assimilate to whatever situation. There's a lot of ways where I think that kind of like my childhood traumatic, um, you know, I I basically realized from a young age, oh, nobody's taking care of me. I've got to figure out how people work. I got to figure out how society works. I got to figure out how to like take care of myself. And so I was very observant of everybody. I watch everybody and I, you know, I, you know, you know, my my way of learning is kind of like oh, okay, so people do that. I understand, and then and then I would go and act. Um, you know, it's almost the birth the birthplace of people pleasing in a lot of ways too. That's that's been a lot of my journey is kind of unraveling that. But um, uh, my chameleon nature allows me to connect with people in a way that um, kind of like penetrates and reflects in in um. um. So. OK, so, so like if I'm describing a, a chameleon nature, there's, you know, say there's two versions of us. There's the, our social self and then there's our, our internal dialogue, you know, and a lot of times people can be projecting or being a chameleon of the social self. Like if someone shows up to me and they're like, I'm this job and I'm I'm a mom and I have this car and that's like who they're trying to be and who they're trying to uh, interact with me as. Um, I have this natural ability it seems um to reflect back to you who you are but not who the persona is of who you are. It's almost like like sometimes um um i i, I really try to come out, come across as kind and sweet and you know i i very much love people um but oftentimes I notice that I'm triggering people by just um, like, like my, I'm almost like reflecting back to them something that they may be thinking inside in, in, in a sense. Um, and there is some sort of like uh, attraction to that in, in some sort of ways from other people. Like It's almost like when someone is ready for the truth, they stumble on my path or something like that. Um, And again, that sounds like really uh, 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 big headed, Uh, but um, there's just like a way that I will notice, you know, some some friends that I've that have like told me this, but also just something that I've just been observant of is um, uh, I will speak to people in a way in which nobody has ever spoken to them, I will and not just by the way that my subject, like, you know, certain subjects just don't get talked about, you know, you don't, you don't talk about uh, politics and, and God at the dinner table, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the most fun, you know, let's talk about God. That sounds so fun, you know. Um, but, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's a way that I think that now that I'm aware of it, man, I think that um, there is ways where just me being my true self does kind of, I, mean, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like it influences, like it, there is some Shaktipat. There is there is um spiritual things that happen within other people by having conversations with me. And, I, and I'm not really sure where to put that. I, you know, you may have that. That might be not even just like a me thing. That might be a, anybody on the spiritual path. It's like I almost maybe accidentally like, Give people little glimpses of something that they didn't realize they were carrying around, or something, or like, like, um, you know, I think love and intimate relationships can often show you this. Of like, um, uh, you know, th- they allow the truest version of you to express itself, and that is so, um, so many layers deep behind people sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I, I think in some senses, I, I would consider myself a light worker. Again, it's not super intentional. Um, it's, it's just my own work. It's, it's, it's my own, you know, what, what, what we practice in private is, is, is what other people hear or what, uh, there's some artist thing like, uh, like you're showing everybody something you made in your dark basement, you know, like I just go in my dark basement and I do my work. And if you're willing to meet me there, if you're willing to meet me where you really are and where I really am, there could really be some, you know, spiritual energy exchanged, you know, whether we're, you know, neither of us are trying to have that thing, I think intentionally, consciously anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'll have conversations with people and I could tell, or they will tell me afterwards that they've never had any sort of conversation like that before. And I'm like, oh, that's just kind of just what I was thinking about that day, you know, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. I don't know if that really answers your light work question right? of no, it.
0: No, it's perfect. It, it's, uh, it's a perfect answer. And I think, we're broaching a topic there that many out there going through something so profound as kundalini awakening are thinking it and feeling it and experiencing it yes it does have an impact on others this energy i like to describe is contagious and that can cause us to in the way you said you know feel like you know we're getting a little arrogant big-headed and we you know might want to even shut it down or think how can i be influencing other people or or radiating something or they're, they're uh, they're, they're you know being attracted to me and whatnot, but let's get it out there in the open. Yeah, we we are all radiating. Every every human being is radiating. This is science. The heart emanates an electromagnetic field. Um, our nervous systems can co-regulate each other. Um, there is uh something unspoken that's being transmitted. Now, somebody who's gone through something like uh you described, spiritual awakening, kundalini awakening, the the deep inner healing, they're radiating some component of that. Um. And so, yeah, it happens. But as long as we are like like you we're saying, I'm just doing my work. I'm just I'm just me. I'm not going around saying, hey, come to me. I'll change your life. You're not saying that, hey, I'll I'll, blast your mind with some cool line I have or some look in your eye or something I'm just doing you. And people come if they're in a position to receive something from you, you receive it. And and I'm sure others are are you're receiving things from them. I receive things from other people as well. We're all exchanging information. Um, so I just love the way you're describing this. because um, I know many many on the path are, in fact, the complete opposite of what we may call a narcissist. they are so afraid of of going in any direction that may be uh, 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 it, it, you know, in alignment with some sort of arrogance, and that causes them to be like, you know, super insecure, small, hide. But no, we have to just come out and yeah, if, if people are meant to to pick up on something we have to offer, well, let them. Let them pick up on it. And of course, it doesn't happen to everybody. Um, you know, some people would say, you know, Sri Ramana Maharshi, greatest saint ever, you know. Some people just looked at a photo of him and it changed their life. Other people mm-hmm. in person, just being in his field, experienced incredible spaciousness of peace. Yeah. other people were like, Well, the hell's the what's the deal with this this Indian guy wearing, you yeah. know, it's, it's a cloth as his underwear yeah. and just sitting around, like, what the hell is going on here? You weird, yeah, like he- right?
1: Is it not like he like said, "Hey, take a picture of me," and so when people see it, they get enlightened, you know? Is it like yeah. there's just a picture of him, and someone saw it, you know? Uh, Ramdas actually just I just heard a talk I think yesterday uh, from Ramdas how he was talking about um, something that he would see he saw in this um, I don't remember exactly some like Christ movie um, that he had seen I don't know if it was Passion of the Christ or or what exactly, but um, the way that they would depict before he'd do a miracle was like, "Okay, we need this miracle done," and he would stand in front of it and go. And then like the miracle would happen, you know, and it, it is like he I, I love how he describes that because it's like, oh, that's not how it is. You know, it's its not a trying. It's not a um, um, it's it really is in a lot of ways is you just being who you are getting out of your own way in, in every moment and allowing, you know, this this insane spiritual energy to kind of work through you. And, you know, if someone is right for it, cool. If they're not right for it, they're going to go like, why are you looking at this picture of an old half-naked dude with a blanket on? Like, that means nothing to me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, again with Ron Bass, I know I talk about him a lot, but he's just, I've been, uh, a lot of his, like, heart-centered work has been really helpful for me. Um, but, yeah, it's, its a, a, I don't know, man, it's, it's a presence I don't know. I think it's very fascinating, like the word "ripe" that he uses. And I, yeah. I wonder if you think about this, like the like, what is it that makes you know, like, if I'm sitting here with you know, say my best friend from childhood, and we've had a lot of similar experiences, we're a lot alike, if we're best friends or whatever. And I'm listening to you on a podcast, and you say something, and I'm like, hold the phone, pause it. What? That is the craziest thing I've ever like. My mind is blown by it. And he's like, what? Why is that important to you? You know, like what is it that makes me so ripe to hear that thing at that time? Um, in in in, like I, I think that's rather fascinating. You know, why is it that I had these experiences? You know, um, there, there's studies about mystical experiences where, um, you know, people who just live their everyday day lives maybe they've done psychedelics one time, maybe they've had, um, you know, in a church setting they've had like this profound what they would call, uh, you know. A very important part in their life, like a very um, life changing, reality altering moment in their life. Some of us, it could change the trajectory of our entire life. It could change the course of everything about us, you know. And that seems to be what happens with us with, with Kundalini is, um, you know, we have these profound spiritual experiences, this initial kind of awakening. Some people they could have, you know, like I said, my best friend sitting next to me or something. He could read the exact same thing. He could have the exact same thing happening. It's not about the words. It's about like the, the, the weaving of them at the exact right moment. You know, you have to be ripe for these sort of things. Um, and and I think, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's just very fascinating. What, what do you think? What is that? What is the, like, why are some of us more ripe for these certain moments than others? And and what is the I mean, what are the, what's the playbook here? You know, it's like, like a koan could be so profound to me, but someone could listen to it and not hear the same thing at all that I heard. It's just,
0: it's crazy. Yeah. I I think it's got a lot to do with um, the uniqueness of this path, uh, that we all have different things that we're working out. Um, And one way I've described it is that even right now, there may not be mind blowing, uh, conversation between you and I, but there's behind the scenes, like pieces are being laid. And mm. at some point there are like the, uh, the centerpiece will, will fall into place and then it will all be a, a mind blowing experience. Um, and so I, I, I looked at it that way. Like everybody has a different pace that their pieces come into place, different, different things, different themes, and uh, I think it makes it so much more interesting. Otherwise, this this path would be like super linear. You know, It'd be like, okay, everybody read this book. Okay, everybody read this poem. Listen yeah. to this. Listen to this guy's. So this one talk. Go right. to this timestamp. And then you know, this is ta-da. the book for for level thirteen of enlightenment. Is this book? You got to read right. it in this grade. <laughs> right. And so I think it just can, it, it's, it's just, it shows that this this path is so unique for us all. And that's why I I want to have guests on like yourself you know you shared such a unique journey and we all have shared uni- unique journeys but some people will resonate with some of the major themes in yours and say ah the other people didn't speak to me but Jacob what he said that was a centerpiece for me that was a, 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 a it clicked for me when he said that um mm-hmm. and so i think that's how we all uh, support each other i'm i'm, I'm curious if uh, if if that's uh, speaking to you or if you got anything mm-hmm. else to add
1: no, no, entirely. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it kind of correlates right with what I was saying, you know, like 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 somehow what I'm communicating or somehow what you're communicating is that passenger side mirror of a nineteen ninety-six bucksaber or whatever. You know, it's just 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 the right part. I was thinking about the um uh a term I've used in my writing, uh uh that I had just looked back on my notes, uh, is the bottom dropping out. Um, and a lot of like the spiritual practice is just a continuously the bottom dropping out, and uh, you know, not now. It's it's a very exciting thing. It's like something you almost want. It, it, there's almost like a desire for, oh, cool! I could have another revelation. Uh, you know, because because awakening is not a moment. It's a continuous. You're consistently awakening, and um, sometimes it feels like you backpedal, but then you realize you hadn't, and you're you know, this is whole. Thing. It reminds me of what I was visualizing when you were talking, Brent. Was um, you know, those at an arcade, those quarter machines where you drop like a token or a quarter and they're just going back and forth. And if you drop the right token or the right quarter at the right spot and you angle it just right, it's going to push, you know, five to 50 quarters off, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they're just little quarters being laid. There's just little tokens in our life that are, um, you know, being placed in the right spot and they're stacking up, but when they drop out, it's going to be a big dropout, you know, you're, you're right. going to win big, you know, so um, yeah, I think that's so fascinating. I love the, um, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, Ron Bus uses the word ripeness or, or, or you're, you're just ripe. Uh, I mean, I've heard other, other spiritual teachers use it too. And uh, it's really just a reminder to follow the, the path for you, or um, I'm sorry, it's a reminder to follow your path not necessarily the path you know it's right up there in line with your goal is not to be a good meditator you know you're not you're not supposed to be the best meditator like i'm good at meditating now i'm spiritual you know it's like maybe that's not your path you know maybe um maybe it's not about sitting down to read the war of art maybe it's about you're an extreme person who does things um, you got to go all in, and so what you need is to put headphones in and buy the audiobook and run until you're finished with the book, you know. It's just like we all have, um, uh, there's like, there's a very personal intuition for all of us, you know. It's not like you're, as much as, you know, we talk about tapping into the muse and there's this, this continuous kind of collective unconscious that speaks to us in a sense, um, to use you know, Carl Jung's uh, uh, wordings of collective unconscious. But um, there's a very personal spiritual path for each of us, and it's it's like and it's okay is the thing. Your 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 personal spiritual path is okay. You know, maybe suddenly you get this moment like me where you realize that you've kind of been a shitty person and you're not living to your truth, and the person that you know served you well for a long time uh, was really great, but suddenly this person just does not serve who you, who you want to be in the future. You know, maybe you realize that And the answer, isn't to sell your clothes, buy white and orange cloaks and join a Buddhist monastery. You know, maybe it's, ah, man, I, I've been drinking 17 beers a night. Like I'm going to, I'm going to only drink 16 tomorrow. You know, uh, that's an extreme example, but it really is like, you got to step on the path where you're at. You can't, Mm as much as we could use other people's lives and their stories and their journeys as, as influences and inspiration and all this stuff. Um, you know, I think that's been a huge thing for me is, is learning that my path is okay. You know, my, my spiritual journey is personal and that's okay. You know, and, and I can't do it the way that other people did it. I tried to read this. Um, I forget that. Oh, uh, st- have you heard of the term in meditation stream entry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's I a got Bu- this-
0: Buddhist term, right?
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of like a step-by-step process. This is actually funny, like it's weird to describe. It's like a step-by-step process for like um, uh, uh, reaching samadhi and stuff. Like there's, uh, I think it's something like, a, it's like a 10 step. Anyway, I, I bought this book um, in in throes of me being obsessed with with all this stuff and meditation. And I bought this book, uh, John Kaldassa, I think is his name, one of the authors. Um, and man, I remember just like trying to push myself, push myself okay, I got to meditate for this long each day, it says to do this, I'm gonna do this meditation. Um, When in actuality, like maybe what I needed was to just walk outside in the morning and pull up YouTube and just click on whatever, like, oh, that seems like a cool meditation, I'm gonna do my meditation today, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so, so anyway, I guess just like, um, just believing our own personal spiritual paths and stepping on it where we're at, you know? Maybe we're a hundred miles from the path, so we think, but you know, walking north towards the path if it's north is better than walking south you know uh so yeah so just walk in the direction of of what your spiritual path is i think is what i'm trying to say here
0: Oh, well well said i think many will will resonate with that and find some some peace and acceptance of where they're at because of course you know uh sometimes people think they're doing something wrong or that they're messing it up and that because their path doesn't look like someone else's path um, I think it was, was Aja Shanti, who, like you, also had a very uh, I guess you could say, masculine approach to just going at it, meditating really intensely, and trying to make it trying. And this was the same for me. i I was very masculine in my approach uh, early on. And Ajashanti describes, and I can also agree it. it he says his, his spiritual path was was one of failure. It just, all of his efforts failed. Um, he may use the term, I'm not sure, but I like to say I became exhausted by those efforts. Like I was so exhausted. And that's when shifts happen, when I just burnt myself out. Um, and that was my path. When I look back on one level, we could say, well, that was the incorrect approach, but maybe trying really hard was the approach for us to get us to, to exhaust ourselves out so it's paradoxical um we can't get it wrong even if even if you are trying to like you said you know get on the path where you're at you know be true to your own journey even if there's somebody out there who's trying to copy another journey or following a book or tradition to the t that's still their journey too you see yeah. it's like it's, it's it's paradoxical it's interesting but ultimately i think you've shared some incredible wisdom there you know we can't get it wrong everybody has to get on the path where they're at that's going to look different and that's really my intention with having guests on this show is to show people that look i can present my story and my ideas in my own way but i don't want it people to listen to me as if that's the only way and so of course uh you know we've got guests on like jacob to share your story that looks so unique and different, but of course, if we extrapolate, there are the overarching themes of uh, introspection, practicing presence, getting back into the body, getting back into the world, um, you know, living a a real life, paying bills, healing, you know, healing the inner child. Uh, All of those themes have come up today. and It's been an excellent, excellent conversation, Jacob. Um, It's about time that we start to wrap up but uh, I want to thank you for sharing so openly and in, in such a, a real way that I think is going to really speak to a lot of people, and people will say, "Hey, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I can accept my journey as it is," because uh, you know we got some inspiration from you. So thank you. So, so on that note, please let us know how we can uh, further connect with you. Um, all of the links will be in the description, but please feel free to uh, shamelessly tell us about what you've got going on online and how people can uh, tune in and listen to more of what you have to say.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, at the beginning, I I get to talk about myself, my favorite thing. Um, Yeah, man. Well, well, thank you, Brent, so much. Uh, You know, I've, I've appreciated our interactions and our, in our conversations very greatly. Uh, I'm really just, I'm a fan of your work. So it's really cool for us to be able to actually interact and, you know, kind of, you know, we get to know each other a little bit. So I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool that you're offering this space for people, Um, you know, Dude, it's such a, it's such a, we've talked about this before. It's such an alienating, alienating journey. And you do feel, you feel wonky, man. This, this whole thing is just, just crazy. Whether you use the terminology of, Kundalini or even if you use the word spirituality or whatever, you know, we're going to stumble into our books and our learnings of of what wordings and stuff make sense to us, you know, maybe it's through a certain religion, maybe it's through, um, you know, healing from that religion, you know, maybe that religion harmed you when you were younger and you're trying to find spirituality after that as as an adult, there's all these different levels of it. And so, yeah, I think it's very important and very cool that you offer space for, um, you know all of us on in in different in different levels and different paths and there's no it's no really wrong or right way it's just kind of about listening to your intuitive uh intuitive way of guidance and um yeah i i just i'm really just a fan of your show i just love listening to spiritual conversations anyway um i love hearing when people express themselves uh how they're going through certain things or they've been through that and then i remember Oh, dude i had that happen too that's actually pretty crazy you know and and, uh it all correlates so yeah man thank you so much but um yeah so i would say probably these days instagram is is the best way to get a hold of me jacob from the internet um and that is just i try to post my podcast clips on there with guests i try to post um poetry spoken word Um, like i said i do some hip-hop stuff Um, i'll do some dj work i have like all these different facets of my creative um journey that you know, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I have four months of just like hard DJing, you know, and, and that's what I'll be posting. Sometimes I have um, moments of being very introspective. Sometimes I'm going through another like awakening layer. And so I'm trying to share that. Um, I try to be vulnerable on there. Uh, you know, like I said, I have podcast episodes that are that are like just cringy to listen back to, but it's just where I was at that time. And so that's just OK. Um, Jacob from the Internet on Instagram. Um, the Junkyard Love Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I believe my YouTube channel is uh, Jacob from the internet. Either way, The Junkyard Love Podcast or Jacob from the internet, you will find me. Um, and I'm always just kind of sharing, um, you know, I, I am known to like suddenly realize I need a break from all this stuff. And so maybe I'll drop off the face of the earth for for a month or two on, on social media. But for the most part, I like to post, um, you know, I like to share my story, my thoughts. I like to share on my Instagram the things that I'm thinking about or my poetry or things that I've found in the world. Like if I'm listening to your podcast, Brent, and there's just this magical 23 seconds of, of you saying something, I'm going to share that to my story. I think that's super cool. So, yeah, I just try to uh, I'm genuinely interested in spirituality and self-growth and all this stuff. And so when I find little bits and pieces of it, I like to share that on my Instagram
0: story and my, and my Instagram. So, yeah, man. Great, great. So all of the links will be in the description to uh, the Junker Love podcast, Instagram, YouTube. I invite everybody to check it out. On your podcast, you've got uh, some, some. My, I, I think you call them solo casts, where, where you speak about, uh, you know, your journey. I, I, you had a, a talk about your mental health experiences, um, experiences with, uh, I guess, uh, cutting out addictions and or, or addictive uh, things. You know. Um, for some time and whatnot and and all very very fascinating as well as you've got some great guests on as well and uh, you mm-hmm. give them uh, a platform to share and and explore and uh, i think even some conversations with some friends too so invite everybody to check out the junk our love podcast jacob it's been an absolute pleasure today thank you so much If uh, anybody's got a question for Jacob about his journey, you can leave a comment below uh, on the YouTube or, of course, get in touch. And I'll invite you, Jacob, to uh, jump in the comments to respond to anybody that has uh, anything for you. So with all that said, thank you so much, Jacob. To our listeners, to our audience, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate you. And until next time, much love and peace. Peace.